Female Dating Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Ro, and I'm here with two other lovely hosts. I'm Savannah. What's up, Queens? Hey there. This is Lilith. So we're really excited to be able to finally kick off this podcast. Um, We're going to go into a little bit about the sub history for those of you who are just tuning in and don't know anything about the female dating strategy. And then we're going to go over some of our favorite uh, moments from the female dating strategy subreddit, which is where we started. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So... Brief history of female dating strategy. Um, it was started in 2019 on a little known website named Reddit, which of course is a joke because Reddit's like the sixth or seventh most popular and most visited site in the world. And it was a subreddit called female dating strategy. Um, it was started as part of like an overall movement of a bunch of different female centric subs that were started in response to the overwhelmingly male patronage of Reddit. Um, Reddit is something like 70% men. And so there's a lot of different subreddits and a lot of different topics, but I think over time, a lot of the female users were noticing that even on topics that were supposed to be female centric, like, like, uh, I think our feminism, our ask feminist, two X chromosomes, two X chromosomes, yeah. all of those big general subs that would talk about female issues would be overrun with men inserting their opinions on stuff that nobody asked them for. <laughs> Yeah, like, man here, I am here to contribute my valuable male opinion. (laughs) Or as a guy, that's how it always starts. As a guy, this is what I think when literally nobody asks. Yeah. They always think like whatever they have to say in that moment is just deathly important for us to hear. So uh, a lot of users kind of got sick of that because sometimes they would completely just derail the conversation. And um even on subs that weren't necessarily female centric, like our relationship advice or our dating or our sex, a lot of times the male patronage would go in and kind of like try to normalize stuff that I think most women would be horrified by. <laughs> so over time, it just kind of became apparent that people weren't getting the kind of real uh, community with other women that they would want to or getting really good dating advice from other women instead of just men who were basically... Because mm-hmm. the other thing to keep in mind is like Reddit is one of the biggest, most... Uh, visited sites largely because it has a lot of porn like a lot of the guys there are there specifically because of that so then a lot of times like you're you're asking a bunch of weirdos and like fetishist <laughs> relationship advice questions and they're telling you like who cares if you're if your husband likes to look at like my little pony snuff porn we're like yes you should you should sleep with that guy on the first date and yes you should let him choke you like there is nothing weird about that at all but then at the same time if you give it up too soon and he ghosts you well you should have known better that's generally you know the attitude towards women it's you know very much like yeah well but remember not all men are like that you know like most guys are good right like you know hashtag not all men are like that (laughs) yeah yeah the not all men so even if you were to just say hey i'm experiencing this a lot consistently with men it's like well not all men are like that and it's like well no one said all men were like that people are saying that a lot of them are (laughs) yeah a lot of them are enough for us to notice right and for us to experience on a regular basis um so that so basically female dating strategy was kind of like yeah screw all these other subs they don't know what they're talking about there's too many men there's too many male voices so this subreddit was created that was supposed to be a a place where women could go for dating advice that was just no holds barred unfiltered 
completely female centric and we didn't have to worry about male opinions and we didn't have to worry about like how men felt about anything. We're like, why can't we just worry about ourselves for once, right? And, and a huge, huge shout out to the mods at FDS for, for actually keeping it female centered in the, ever since I've been browsing the sub, which has been for a while now, I have not seen Apart from that one post where they invited male opinions, but I've not seen a single male opinion, which, you know, given the demographics of Reddit, like, you know, Rose said it's like 70% male. That is very impressive to not see a single male opinion (laughs) on that subreddit. And they're so obvious when they try to chime in too. That's the funny part. Yeah. And and they're not very smart about it either because you click on the profile and it's like, I'm a 35-year-old man from Delaware. And it's like, <laughs> but you're posing as a 20-year-old woman, you know, from India. Like, they're not even smart about it either. Men and women, a lot of times are speaking completely different languages. That has been such a shock to learn. But as you just sort of spend more time on the subreddit, it becomes really easy to pick up when it's actually a male, a man trying to LARP as a woman so that's been kind of a curious thing because now you realize well we don't understand each other because quite frankly our communication styles are distinctively different and it's quite interesting yes Mm. so just kind of moving on and, and getting back to the topic uh it was a tiny, tiny, tiny little sub uh, at first. I think in the beginning of 2019, it was mostly kind of niche. It was just mostly people who were already interested in the dating strategy thing, like sharing different tips and tricks that they had learned over the years. And people who were really into like the dating advice books. Like I, I think one of our most off, often cited books is Sherry Argov's <laughs> Why Men Love Bitches and other, you know, the rules. And so a lot of it was discussing that kind of stuff as well as our own strategies that we had created. And then there were a couple of posts that went viral on Reddit. I think one of the first ones that went viral on Reddit was about having men pay for dates. And the scrotes on Reddit, they went crazy. They shared it everywhere. They were, they were showing screenshots like, can you believe these insane bitches thinking they should, they're entitled for men to pay for dates? And they kept sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing the material. And so... Interestingly enough, the more they shared it and said how crazy we were and how outrageous our demands were, the more women started visiting the sub, looking around and being like, hmm, actually, this makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if they meant to do that, but like basically what we did was we successfully harnessed the power of incels to do our marketing for us. And so being on Reddit was a blessing and a curse because obviously Reddit's an extremely hostile environment, but because it's a hostile environment, there's a lot of foot traffic on our site and a lot of men just read our posts just to get mad and then share it all over the place about how outrageous and horrible we are. And then the audience that it needs to reach, reaches it, reaches it. So <laughs> I don't remember exactly when we started getting media coverage, but it was, I think it was summer, like end of 2019, early 2020, when we got picked up by the Wall Street Journal. We had, we had, we had mixed reviews. We had some people from The Verge, like kind of make a little bit more of a negative piece on us. We had Mel Magazine, but um, essentially we were kind of a hit in the media. Like the Atlantic did a little piece on us. They started to kind of read through and be like, this is kind of interesting. Right now, um, we've been growing exponentially. So, this is uh this is now the culmination of a lot of uh, work between um, the users of the subreddit who kind of wanted to hear more content outside of just uh, the posts. 
We started a website, thefemaledatingstrategy.com. And now we have this podcast so we can talk to you guys more live about a lot of the stuff that's going on the subreddit. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. Um, we're kind of hoping this podcast will be a mixture of like listening to your girlfriends talk about relationships, but also getting some real hard hitting pop culture critiques, some strategies to improve your dating life. We're going to talk with researchers, authors, influencers in the dating space. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about how to look for red flags in dating, just all the stuff that you want to know to make your dating life as painless as possible and help you find the kind of man that's gonna uh you know make you happy in the relationships that are make gonna make you happy so uh stay tuned we got a lot of good stuff coming up nice all right guys so our first segment here that we're gonna do very first segment of the podcast hooray yay <laughs> yay first real segment <laughs> So just to kick off things and let you guys know a little bit about us as hosts, we're just going to discuss, you know, how we found the subreddit and, you know, what really resonated for us to keep going with it. Awesome. Could I go first? Go for it. Awesome. Well, I've been browsing female dating strategy about a year. Um, At the time, I was in a relationship with a pretty low value, pretty, you know, mediocre boyfriend. Um, I remember coming across female dating strategy just randomly on Reddit and clicking on it and realizing that a lot of that stuff really resonated me, ended up motivating me to uh, break up with this low value man that I was in a relationship with. Um, So yeah, me and him broke up and I've just been kind of working on leveling up physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, hitting the gym, getting fit, uh, going to therapy, healing, you know, trauma and bad habits and, and overcoming that kind of thing and uh, leveling up career wise and, you know, finding ways to make more money, finding ways to be financially independent, um, making plans for life that don't involve a man. Like, you know, if I want to have, uh, you know, my own custom dream house, I have this whole custom dream house. I have to plan to find a way to build that myself and not, you know, rely on a guy to, to do that for me. So, you know, I started writing and then apparently people started liking my posts and uh, was invited to become a moderator. And, you know, the rest is history. It's been a really, really wild and an awesome ride. Great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm happy to go next. Um, so I came across FDS about the tail end of 2019. Um, my three-year situationship was in its death throes by then. Um but when I came across FDS, that was what prompted me to just fully just hit the block button. So I sort of like ghosted my former friends of benefits after that. Because after reading like through the subreddit, I just realized that I had nothing more to say to him and I wanted nothing more to do with it or the situation. Um, I think FDS was a space where all of my dating experience, it was almost like it was being played back to me. And I think for me, the most powerful aspect of that was, was the realization that it wasn't just me. 
you know, as, you know, as women, when we're going about our dating lives, it's very easy to believe that all, you know, the bad things that are happening to you are because of you. But when you come across a community of women who have exactly the same experiences as you and you've never met, you're from different cultures, backgrounds, um, even your looks can be very different. You then start to realise that perhaps the problem is greater than you, that it's it's actually, you know, um, societal and structural Um in terms of the woes of the dating world. So yeah, that was how I came across um, uh, the subreddit and it's really helped me um, understand what it is I'm looking for in a relationship. And it's also pushed me to to level up, um, you know, just like Lila said. So in terms of my career, in terms of my, yeah, in terms of my mental health, in terms of my physical health as well. So yeah, that's, that's my journey to FDS. Awesome. It's hard to pinpoint an exact moment where I became FDS, but I had been just a long time kind of tired of listening to friends and seeing sad sob stories of women in relationships all over social media and feeling like it's really unfair. It just feels like it's really, really lopsided in the amount of L's women are constantly taking in their relationship life. And I just kind of felt very strongly. It didn't, it shouldn't have to be this way. There's got to be a way for women to operate. That's going to be way more advantageous. Um, for me, I was actually, uh, raised in the church. So I kind of grew up in a very more patriarchal culture. Like, I mean, I was really a church kid, went to church three times a week, went to youth group, went to church on Sunday. And as I became an adult, I kind of realized like, yeah, I'm not about this life. It feels like very unfair, the standards that are applied on women versus how much it is or isn't enforced on men in the church. And so I think I saw that hypocrisy right away for like what it was. As soon as I started moving without my parents, it was like, yeah, I'm chucking deuces to this religion thing. I'm good. <laughs> but I kind of really got into feminism and I started to kind of notice on the feminist side, like a lot of idiosyncrasies in the way that liberal feminists would call empowerment that a lot of times seemed like the same kind of male pandering dogma that I would see a lot of times in the church. We kind of talk about this on the subreddit about pushing kinks as empowerment, pushing sleeping with guys making guys happy as uh, a way for you to express yourself and be more feminine, you know, feminist, if you're like having sex, just like men and um, always having to consider men's needs a lot of times before your own. And it's, it's really interesting to see that so much and so prominently in feminist media and as well as mainstream media. So I think the culmination of clocking these two hypocrisies to me sort of was like, somebody out there has got to have something that's really about making women feel like a boss bitch to their core. Cause this ain't it. None of that I see right here is it. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't. It's not. <laughs> I stumbled across the female dating strategy subreddit and uh, started writing just like everything that I felt like made me feel like a boss every day and started note and started pointing out all the hypocrisies in our dating culture and this idea that men and women have to act extremely equal and you guys have to split dates and just outlining why that didn't make sense and why you know, why it's more advantageous for women to prioritize themselves in dating. Um, so that's basically my journey to FDS. I don't know that there was one single catalyst where I was like, oh, this this breakup sucks. So I'm going to go write a bunch of stuff about this because I've had terrible relationships. I've had good ones. Um, just the, the entire 
culture around dating, the entire culture around sex. I felt it was as restrictive and anti-woman in the media as it felt to me as when I was really deep in the church. I didn't, I couldn't feel a sizable difference between the two. So I think, I think when I kind of started pushing my own way and just looking like, yo, yo, how does this benefit me? And really looking at it from that perspective, that's when I started to feel truly empowered and, you know, found a, a community of like-minded women and we just all started sharing and now we're here. So <laughs> exactly. And I think the reason why so many of the, our posts resonate with like, well, resonated with me and why they resonate with so many women is because we've grown up in a world where, you know, traditional conservatism doesn't benefit women. It's anti-woman. And yet so the supposed feminists, you know, what we call liberal feminists are preaching things that, um, yeah, women end up taking a ton of L's following that kind of advice. And so we've, I'm realizing like left-wing waves of thinking are, or can be just as anti-woman. And so, um, and I think that's why we're taking up. It seems like they decided everything conservative must be bad. So like, if we do the exact opposite of what they're saying, then that must be the answer. And I don't think that's accurate at all. I think there are some things from conventional dating advice that work. Like that's why you look at stuff like the rules and why men love bitches. And there's a lot of the same kind of vetting and how you maintain respect in your relationship and cutting your losses at this first time of failure, stuff like that, that you would a lot of times see in traditional type courtship situations, but also like you know, not letting some guy like be the boss of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the liberal feminist side, meaning like you get to make a decision for your own life and you need to craft your happiness. But like, you know, going back and truly mapping out a path that's advantageous for you rather than like trying to prove things to men. I feel like with liberal feminism, it's forever trying like, we're trying to, we're just as good as the men. We can have sex just like men can. And it's like, why would you want to? (laughs) They suck. Why would you want to be like a man? Yeah. (laughs) Why would you want to be like a man? They are terrible. Like, let's forge our own path. And that's exactly what FDS is about. So that moves quite nicely on to the next segment as to what our favorite posts yeah. are. Yeah. So let's discuss our favorite posts. I figured since this is the first time we've really had, you know, since people who may not be familiar with the subreddit or the website, um, we can just pick out the stuff that we really, really liked and discuss it with people and tell them why. Awesome. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, there is an awful, awful lot to choose from. There is a treasure trove of good um, posts that I've seen in in my time on the subreddit. For everyone listening in who hasn't visited the subreddit, the subreddit web address is reddit.com forward slash r forward slash female dating strategy. And then you can also go to the website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com. We will drop the links down below. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Ro, what is your favorite FDS post for today? So, my favorite FDS post comes from the website, and it's kind of a sleeper hit. It's one of those things that I didn't fully appreciate at the time when I first read it, and then over time, kind of, it just keeps reinforcing and reinforcing in my mind that, man, this is really, really true. It's called uh, All Men Have is the Audacity, and it's got a little picture of a Pinocchio on it, which is really hilarious. Um So the whole post is about how a lot of times in you'll notice how like men will just have confidence or completely 
overdue confidence for their station in life. Like they'll be the ones going out here saying, oh, I got to have a woman who's a 10 and she's got to have a perfect body. She's got to have a little bitty waist and a big old booty. And these guys look like the Mucinex troll, right? Like the Mucinex guy from the commercial. And they will be dead serious about it too. Like about the type of woman they deserve despite like nothing in their life resembling of that. And it, it, used, to, it, it just, just used to feel like... I would feel really bad, right? Because I would feel over time like, damn, like even if you're a 10, like this is the type of guys you got to deal with. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I would just be looking at this like they got to be kidding me. So what I really liked about the post that laid it all out was it's talking about how a lot of times men, they don't, they don't have that ability. They just say they do. And they repeat it over and over and over again until it's real to themselves. And then eventually a lot of times they'll find a girl who has low enough self-esteem to adopt it and then it's real and they just keep doing this <laughs> like it seemed to me especially with this post of saying and i've observed this to be true in my whole life is that a lot of times women think that whatever men say that they're actually that they're telling the truth that they're telling the truth and they're, they're lying they're under the mistaken belief that men are capable of being generally honest most of the time which they're not so <laughs> I think a lot of them aren't, you know, a lot of like men also aren't honest with themselves as well. And when, you know, you're not honest with yourself, it's very difficult to be honest in your interactions with other people. Yeah. Absolute facts. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, there's a whole lot of self delusion. But the post basically says that that self delusion may be partially like just a male thing in general, because there's like a little link here that's pretty funny um, to this video of these chimpanzees that are just going around hooting and hollering and bo- beating their chest, trying to make themselves seem bigger and better than they are. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That makes sense to me because it's like you're looking at it and you're like, you know, this could just be like some kind of evolutionary adaptation. Like in their mind, they're always the biggest, baddest mf -er out there no matter what. And that's just like the way that they attract women is just go out and just say some outrageous shit about who they are and what they deserve. And, uh, you know, eventually they'll find a female that will buy into that either through like she's just naive or she just, you know, is, is coerced in it. And in the worst case scenario, like they're a little bit abusive or they're flat out abusive and sometimes impose this kind of stuff on women. But, um, for me, I, the key takeaway from that, from that post was like, you gotta have a narrative for your own life that is so strong that you repel all these losers. Now, I think it's easy to like be dismissive of guys who are like obviously ugly, obviously like sitting in their mom's basement covered in <laughs> Cheeto grease. Obviously Casimodo. Obviously Casimodo. Yeah. <laughs> obviously gross. But sometimes it's harder, I think, when you have a bunch of guys and they're all hyping each other up like, yeah, we're going to get this and we're going to get that. And it's just them a lot of times dapping each other up and trying to get each other the confidence to approach women who honestly really, truly should be out of their league. But, you know, it's just a matter of them giving them giving themselves a shot by just repeatedly trying. So I think the entire thing is saying that, like, as women, we're the ones that make their shit real or not. They can cry. They can scream. They can make these declarative statements all they want. We didn't got to buy it, right? I feel like every time a man says a declarative statement in his own behalf, we should just clap back with like two, three more. So if he's out here like, yeah, I got to have a woman who's like five foot seven and she's got like double D cups and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm the first one to clap back and be like, okay, well, let me see your jawline and your hairline. Yeah. <laughs> let me see your bank account. 
<laughs> or just straight up laugh in their face. You know, you don't even need to say anything at all. There's nothing that will cut a man down more than just pure female laughter. Yeah, true. I don't know if you guys remember this viral post that was went viral a while ago. It was this guy that was like, oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm in the top 5% of black men that graduated and so I'm the prize. Do you remember the I'm the prize post? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That like, I am a high value man. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah. He got roasted all over the internet. But like, that was the perfect response for somebody like that. And I feel like people even dug into his backstory and he like barely passed the bar exam and was, and I think he was like really, really short. But it was one of those examples where it was like, this guy really got on the internet and wrote a manifesto about what he deserves now did that with his whole soul and whole heart. And, you know, maybe at a different time, other people would have been applauding him for that. But I think now women are starting to wake up and be like, you know, you need to have a seat. The other thing that's important to remember is that so many of these guys have been watching porn since they were like 10 years old. And so in their brain, they're thinking every night they go to bed with a 10 out of 10 woman with a huge booty, a tiny waist. Um, they see a normal woman in real life and think like, oh, I can do better than her. But really all they're actually doing in real life is jerking off in their mom's basement. But, you know, their brain tricks them into thinking that that is their standard. That's been repeatedly observably true because I, I know we've been talking in the subreddit about a lot of these guys in middle age who think they have all these options now because because of dating apps. So like a lot of times they'll get swipe rights from women on dating apps and like they don't know that two thirds of those are fake or sex workers. Yeah, they're yeah. Bots, bots and cam girls. <laughs> bots, yeah. cam girls. And they really are like, I got all these options now. I'm a high value man, 45 years old and they have a beer gut and their their hairline is still at 2008 recession levels. Like it's just <laughs> The delusion is strong. And the, f the funny thing is they all have the audacity to tell us like, oh, you bitches over at female dating strategy are probably fat and ugly. So you should just lower your standards and be realistic and that kind of stuff. And it's like, <laughs> look at it, bro. Look at yourself. Look in the mirror, buddy. <laughs> Men do not police each other. That's why I think the number one thing about the subreddit that's been great is no standard shaming because just because you see a girl that says something that you think is outrageous, like every man better buy me a Birkin bag within two dates. Otherwise he's getting nexted. Like you should be applauding that chick. Don't get in your feelings and be like, oh, she's outrageous. She's asking for too much. These women out, you know, a lot of times pick me's will feel insecure because they don't have the confidence to ask for that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. So then like, They'll feel instinctive to tear that woman down. But like, if I see a woman with higher standards than me and it looks, especially if I think she's actually good, I'm like, damn, how can I be like her? Like, I'm going to throw on her jersey and, and get a pen and a pad and try to learn to be like her right now. That's, that's the response you should have instead of, oh, who does she think she is demanding all this stuff? Yeah, because guys already do that for themselves, right? Guys already have that, like the male equivalent of buy me a Birkin bag. It's like, you know, so women, we deserve to be able to lift ourselves up as much as they do, if not more. And, you know, people, you know, value things more, even men, if they've had to, I guess, you know, work for it a bit harder. Like, even men who have been promiscuous, and I know they've always said it's always a bit different when she makes you work for it. So, again, you know, not asking for anything or trying to be low maintenance is really not it. Like, it's really not it or pretending that you don't have needs when everyone has needs and that's okay and that's one thing that I've steadily learned myself in like therapy is that it's okay to have needs and it's okay to to voice those needs 
and Mm -hmm. you know if if someone can't meet those needs that's a different issue but it's not a bad thing to have needs and you know if you look at men they have no qualms about voicing their needs or what they want in a partner you know they've got absolutely you know they'll say it with their chest but women for some reason we like to shrink ourselves down and just try and be like the cool girl you know trademark sign at the end and just pretend we have no needs it's the negative reaction i mean and i can say that that's been true for myself because i've always been a person that is pretty straightforward but you can i mean besides being called a bitch but like people will really react to you so poorly that it makes yeah. you feel like damn maybe i'm crazy <laughs> like yeah, because true. people you trigger pick me's because they feel insecure and then you trigger men because they feel insecure so then you could just feel there's not a lot of times enough female camaraderie just to come back and say no what you want is valid and you know especially if your immediate family like your mom you know again mm. well, i was raised in the church so that's pick me central <laughs> um i mean okay not to insult anybody's religion but a lot a lot of the stuff that gets it's very male-centered religion tends to be very, very male-centric. male-centric yeah Right. You know, it's, it's very much around marriage and always making a lot of compromises. And there's a culture of always trying to push women to do more and more and more emotional labor for the men in their lives and, and accept less and less and less to, uh, keep marriages together because the goal is always to keep marriage together rather than necessarily women's individual happiness. Mm. And so, Mm-hmm. That creates a conflicting incentive for women to voice their needs. Yeah, women are punished pretty much since birth for asking for more, for, you know, for having high standards, for thinking of themselves well. Like, I can remember all the times as a little girl, wherever I felt really, really good about myself. And like, people make fun of that. They see a confident little girl and they, they, think that's deserving of mockery, right? But if a boy is being really arrogant, they go, oh, like, you know, boys will be boys, blah, blah, blah. He's a ladies' man. He has so much confidence, that kind of thing. You know, women are punished for the same things that men are rewarded for. And so, I think that's how we end up as adults in situations where grown men, after being coddled and positively reinforced for talking themselves up like that, they obviously are going to continue doing that. And and women, they have a lifetime of what is essentially trauma. <laughs> Female socialization is just, is traumatic. I mean, but, but, but it's also like, you know, on the topic of, you know, women's like standards, like, you know, I've often found that men only tend to get hostile towards, you know, my standards when they don't meet them. So if I say I prefer taller men, it tends to be guys who are five for eight that start getting a bit funny about it. <laughs> the only guy that didn't get, you know, weird about me saying I prefer taller men was six foot four. So you know, he knew that he met that standard. So it wasn't a problem for him, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It's the abuse, man. Like I've had guys get mad and say some really horrible things. Cause I didn't agree to like a taco date one time. <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> I mean, it could really be anything that sets some of these guys off. And so I think just dealing with that over and over can kind of wear at you. Like it grinds away at you. It grinds away yeah. at so many women's psyche. It's sad. It's sad to see how many women by the time they, are a grown woman, how they've been beaten down by patriarchy over and over and over and over again. It's just conditioning us to accept less, essentially. Like, yeah. that's all it is. It's just because they, you know, patriarchy knows that the average man isn't that exceptional. So 
as opposed to right, right. As that's opposed the big to- secret if that is the one lesson of you should take away from fds is they are not exceptional, exceptional. they're so regular as-, as hell they don't know what they're talking about they're just like that i mean that's not the whole post they don't know what they're talking they're about not- like they're just talking <laughs> And as soon as you understand that, the less you'll take them seriously. And, and it doesn't mean you have to always broadcast from the hilltops like I know better than you. Because as a person who used to, who's to clap back all the time, that is kind of a miserable life, always trying to be combative. <laughs> but like, yeah. if you know, you need to know in your heart. Just look at them like, mm, okay, <laughs> let them talk and know what you know. Yeah, when, once you've truly ascended in FDS, like you'll get to a point where you just don't even care what they think anymore. You'll just laugh and move on. Like, you don't even need to clap back. <laughs> Your silence is right. enough. I do it only because, like, if it makes me laugh, yeah. then I'm like, I'm going to amuse myself today. Yeah. <laughs> I got time right now. Yeah, for your personal entertainment, then that's fine. So who's up next? I'm happy to go next. Okay, so the next post, um, because I was going through the post, many posts, but I've settled on one finally, is the one which is, again, on the website, and it is about the topic of sex and how it's not fair. And it's important that women act accordingly. So uh, this post essentially deals with the, with the notion that liberal feminism has been trotting out to women that, you know, men and women experience, you know, sex in exactly the same way. Hence why one night stands are no longer a big deal. Um, that, you know, BDSM, um, is completely fine to indulge in because, you know, men and women are the same, right? But this article, essentially, it lays out the reasons why women should be more discerning when it comes to who they choose to sleep with. This isn't, you know, to pass any form of, for example, for example, moral judgment on women. We're not a religious, um, you know, organisation and we don't, you know, come from that sort of angle. But there are very, very practical reasons as to why it's prudent for a woman to be mindful of who she sleeps with. So, you know, some of the examples are, um, I mean, the most obvious is that women do not orgasm at the rate and frequency of men. Even in the constant committed relationships, there are many studies that prove this point. You know, if you're walking into a one night stand situation, the chance of that happening are even less. You know, men have, you know, said with their own mouths that if they don't see a woman as girlfriend or wife material, they see absolutely no obligation in ensuring that she has a good time, basically. So, you know, you essentially turn into the equivalent of a human flashlight for a stranger. Um, you know, the social consequences for sex are higher for women. Um, this isn't a fact that liberal feminists, you know, really like to admit, but, you know, it's true. Um, a promiscuous man will never face the same social consequence as a woman who is promiscuous. That is just facts. It's not fair, but it is what it is. It's one of those things where it would take such a long time to change. I think it's it has changed, obviously, from probably our parents and grandparents' generation. But you can see a lot of times men doubling down on the slut shaming now. And now it's all about like, you know, I don't know that they've changed the way that they feel. They just changed tactics and it's less socially acceptable for them to say out, out loud. But they still a lot of times act the same. But they still say, and even like the retrospective jealousy, like there's so many posts on Reddit of a guy saying, I found out my girlfriend did anal with her ex and not with me. I want to break up with her. And then the comments will be saying, yeah, you know, you're well within your right to break up with her. 
it's all that stuff. There is, you know, basically the social consequences for women engaging in sexual activity can be a lot greater. And also, you know, from a health aspect as well, you know, men are more likely to transmit. Like HPV does, like you can't even test a man for HPV. Yeah. You can't get tested. So, and you know, they're more likely to transmit STIs and STDs and the other way around as well. And, you know, men can't get tested for that. So essentially it's basically setting out the case, a very, very, um, you know, strong case against casual sex. It's essentially very, very high risk with very, very little chance of reward. Um, and that's always, cause I've never really been into the one night stand. I've always like needed that sort of, you know, connection or not necessarily a romantic connection, but I couldn't just meet someone in a bar and be like, yeah, let's go home together. Yeah. You don't know if that guy's a serial killer either. The other thing that's scary to me, and like, this is not obviously normal but this has happened where you've seen these women have gone home with these guys from the clubs and like nobody finds them anymore like that's another thing they could keep in mind like our risks are real yeah that's true yeah that's that's true like and um and i mean for me it was even something like his hygiene like i'm really quite particular about hygiene and again if you see the stories on reddit about even men in you know committed relationships choosing not to brush their teeth or wipe their ass like it's just too many so um i'm not willing to take that gamble and you know risk going home with a guy and end up puking because (laughs) he hasn't wiped his ass properly (laughs) And then the other thing is, like, you don't get to see, like, what he's working with either. Like, it's going to be a surprise because, like, you don't know what's going to happen. No, no, exactly. And you just don't know, like, you know, they could just, because especially now with the proliferation of porn and now it's so, you don't know what he's even into. He could just get into bed and just start, you know, choking you, slapping you, just doing all sorts of, you know, stuff that isn't pleasurable for you because it takes away that intimacy of getting to know someone who want to pleasure them. Like what you were saying before, like you cannot assume these guys want to bother making you happy sexually. Like a lot of men are extremely, extremely selfish and see these encounters for them only. And so a lot of times they will do stuff like that and not talk to you about it. And as much as they always say like, Oh, you have to communicate. It's not something that's even like normal. I feel like for guys to do that, like, and that's why you have to, vet men who have that ability to do that because i don't even i I mean i don't know the vast majority of men are in the habit of doing that they're just like i'm just gonna go through my porn routine and hope she likes it right yeah exactly exactly and you know so you know liberal feminists trying to claim that males and females are just as sexual as each other it's beyond it's essentially beyond parody especially if we look at you know the statistics for rape when you know 99 percent of rapes are committed by men surely if women you know, had the same you know sexuality as men it would be 50 50 but it's not for example so well i mean you don't even have to look at the stats i mean when's the last time you heard a woman doing something insane just for sex like you hear all the time in the news of guy like oh he hit out in a porter potty for like 64 hours straight so he could see the inside of a woman's panties <laughs> It isn't, it's not even for sex though, bro. It's even just for a sniff of pussy. Like <laughs> There are guys that will spend hundreds of dollars to, to buy a woman's used panties. Okay. Like <laughs> women aren't doing that shit. Exactly. Well, bath water. And it isn't, it isn't women putting up cameras in, you know, men's toilets to catch them, you know. Yeah. Nobody wants to see they, that. They're using the bathroom. If you took, if you put a camera in the men's bathroom, it would be full of the most unkept bush, like discolored 
disgusting <laughs> yeah. peens you have ever like you would probably see like all sorts of urine stains there's nothing attractive about that skin marks yeah. you know what really drives me crazy is all those like articles from cosmo or like teen vogue or whatever that are like girls can be just as kinky and horny as boys and i'm like no bitch okay like when was the last time you heard of a woman yeah like hide putting hidden cameras in a change room or, or a hotel room or something like that to try to catch a guy be naked or whatever when have you ever heard of a woman like hacking into a celebrity's cloud just to to see their nudes or whatever there was a guy that fell through the ceiling at like a planet fitness because he was trying to spy in the women's locker room have you ever heard a woman do that? oh my god yeah like the shit that men will do to get laid or to get sexual stimulation women aren't like that and it kind of goes back to what rose you know said in her in her favorite post about you know men literally making stuff up i remember reading a reddit post where a woman i think was saying how you know please don't send unsolicited um for example dick pics because i really really don't like them and guys in the comments are trying to say you know women send me unsolicited needs as well i'm just like no they don't yeah <laughs> they really they really don't stop fucking lying to me god <laughs> they really really don't they did it's a bot uh, it's a it's a it's her pimp it's the woman's pimp trying to like sell you on her services <laughs> nobody does that and i even asked him i was like are you really saying that women are sending unsolicited nudes at the same rate as men and they genuinely like said yeah i'm sure it happens as well it's like you're deluded guys because it doesn't happen it really doesn't happen. No, when I, when I hear stories like that, what I think is he probably coerced a girl into sending uh, him her nudes. Like, she didn't do it unsolicited. He was probably like, come on, babe, I'm so horny. Like, please <laughs> send me a pic. You know, if you really loved me, do this for me. And then she's like, well, okay, I'll do it just this once or whatever, because I trust you. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to put in my homie's group chat. Like, right. fuck off. <laughs> I don't even think he I don't think he got needs Lilith. You know that you remember the website Ashley Madison that was for people that were trying to cheat on their spot? Yes, yes. Yeah. And people got like outed. And they did a study and like 99% of the female users were bots. So I feel like a <gasps> lot of times these things are like they're just for sex workers or bots to keep the men engaged on the app i like if they get news it's probably from a woman who is literally a cam girl or it's not even she's not even real it's just like a an avatar that they, they keep like hey trying to use to entice men to keep engaging with the website because otherwise they would get no traffic because these guys wouldn't like they, they'd just be sitting there talking to 100%. each other <laughs> Yeah, because even because even on sites like Omegle or Chat Roulette, there's um, you know even when a guy selects he wants to match with women, um, he just sees other penises, or um, they're always worried about you know when they match the woman, they don't know if she's real or not because some men just like literally, I don't know how they do it, but they put on a video of a woman so it, it looks like she's on a webcam but she's not, um, and so many men get caught out by that because there's so few women like genuine women on these on these sites there's so few of them yeah so like female sexuality and male sexuality not is the not, same. They're not the, the fucking same. same yeah it's like men aren't worried like but if a man walks down the street topless he's not worried that he's gonna get raped or attacked or catcalled or you know or harassed like he's not worried about that yeah when a man has sex, he's not worried about getting pregnant. He's not worried about, mm. like, um, getting right. HPV. And, you know, quite frankly, like, a lot of guys, I'm sure they'll hook up. They'll they'll try to hit it raw or whatever. Um, they don't give a shit if 
a woman he hooked up with a year ago gets cervical cancer or something like that. Um, that's just a non non-issue. Yeah, you have they to didn't, beg yeah. these guys to get STD tests sometimes. I don't think there's been any guy except for one who's ever brought up STD tests to me. It's always been me. Yeah, always. That's so strange. I because I because I used to know a guy who was really sexually active. He only got tested once a year, and even in my naive, you know, sex education brain, I thought surely it's every three months you're meant to be tested. Like surely that's not frequent enough. Like if you're having a lot of sex, yeah, but yeah, so three months. That's that's good. I, I mean, I've talked to guys that are like. Uh, I haven't gotten tested since my last physical. Okay, what was your last physical? I don't know, like two, three years ago. What? I mean, maybe that's an American thing. You know what? Our healthcare system's expensive. Oh, you True. poor, you poor Americans. I'm so, I, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> healthcare is expensive here, so yes, I get it. It's not cheap, but like once a year, a child is more expensive, and so is catching an STI and STD. Surely surely and it's a lot of times it's not the cost because there's places where you can get it like for free like there's always free clinics for free but like they you know they just don't bother to go unless someone forces them to go and even then it's like a you know i i mean at this point i'm like if it's like a hem and hop next yeah if he has to be dragged leave him behind exactly yeah leave him behind to his videos yeah but uh do you mind if i go ahead and talk about my favorite post yeah what's your one so i'm I'm really glad that you brought up that one savannah about how male and female sexuality is different because mine is a little bit similar but it's more to do with uh childbirth um like i i don't have any kids i don't really want to have any kids but i know so many women whose lives have literally been ruined by having a child at the wrong time or with the wrong man and so the title of this post that i that really resonated with me was protect your womb like it's the last thing you do And it's basically about how, you know, you should never let a low value man or negative value man get you pregnant because ultimately the woman will suffer most, if not all of the consequences. Um, For one, pregnancy is extremely traumatic to a woman's body. It it permanently changes your body. Um, And even if you have to get an abortion or something like that, it still, it still affects you. Right. Um, Yeah obviously uh, less risk most of the time to have an abortion than to give birth, but uh, getting pregnant is very risky. And the burden of avoiding pregnancy is something that is shouldered solely by women. I mean, even though the abortion thing, and, and I've unfortunately had friends, I've, I've been a chaperone before. I mean, it's, it's harrowing, especially because there's a lot of people literally outside the clinic calling like her a baby killer, right? Like it's not Damn. something that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the United States. I don't know how that is every other place, but like, it's, it's a pretty intense anti-abortion lobby. And, um, I mean, you'll see them outside and they'll have pictures of like, uh, fetuses that have been dismembered and it's pretty awful. I don't want to minimize, even though it, obviously it's less than the, the stress of caring for a child for 18 years. I don't want to minimize that that can be traumatic for some reason, for some women. Some women, it's not at all, but some women, like Mm -hmm. the entire experience can be unpleasant. Yeah. And I do find that religious people vastly, um, like talk about abortion, like it's worse than giving birth. You know, abortion can be traumatic, especially like somewhat emotionally, but I think a lot of that is overblown. Like the religious right tends to ignore the fact that giving birth physically, emotionally, everything is more difficult than an abortion. Yeah, there are some risks associated with abortion, 
but they're far lower than pregnancy than actually even birth. And then knowing your child is out there and knowing your child is out there. I think there was like an Atlantic article about that, how a lot of women choose abortion over adoption because the guilt of creating a child that you then have to give away is really intense for so many. And in fact, that'd be something you have to live with the rest of your life. Whereas having an abortion kind of creates a, you know, an ending to it. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I don't believe in God or anything like that. Um, but I do have a sort of personal, spiritual, moral kind of code or whatever. Right. And part of that is I do think that, uh, children are precious and that creating life, giving birth is something that is sacred. And it, it's very sad to me when I see people just hooking up and like, giving birth, like all willy nilly, like the solemnity of it is not taken as seriously as I think it should be, right? Yeah. It's no it's no joke. It's unfair to a child to bring it into a world where it's not going to be cared for and loved. Sometimes it can be outside of your control, but you know where I'm from, like if you need an abortion, you just go to the doctor, they make an appointment for you. It's not easy, but it's like much more convenient, right? Than the pain of actually giving birth and raising a child who's doomed to be miserable. But it also goes back to, um, you know, the post on sex as well, just being, you know, discerning about who you sleep with as well. Exactly. Yeah. And and who you ultimately choose to be in a relationship, um, you know, with. Because, yeah, I completely agree. It's almost, and there is a certain sub on Reddit um, that makes chilling reading if you're ever um, worried or, or questioning, you know, your ability or your desire to have children. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, Rowan and Lilith know which one I'm talking yeah. about. But just, just reading that and the horror stories from there, mm-hmm. it's, it's a sobering reality as to what life would be like, you know, if you have a children with a low value, like a low to negative value man. That is the end game if you choose to do that. Yeah. You know, they're crying, they're overworked, overwhelmed. Husband doesn't help. He doesn't care. Um, It's just a miserable existence. Absolutely miserable. Yeah, I remember seeing a post on that subreddit um, that basically went like, um, my husband makes four times as much money as me. And, um, you know, we split everything 50-50. He gets to spend his money on video games. (laughs) And oh I get God. to spend all like like he basically said like oh because you wanted a kid and I didn't want a kid all of the childcare costs are your money like <laughs> that's your responsibility right so they what? so they like live together you know they go fifty fifty on rent but all of her disposable income goes to raising the child and I've met so many couples like that where the woman her entire existence goes into raising this child because the man doesn't rif- lift a finger financially or otherwise. And the, and the man basically acts like he's, you know, single. I think, you know, a lot of married women are actually single parents. You know, society likes to talk about the single mother's epidemic, you know, as in where the father is absent or, but, you know, not enough consideration is given to the, the single parent phenomena within you know, within marriages or within relationships where the woman is formally partnered. That's why a lot of women choose to be single mothers. They're better off by themselves. There was a TikTok on that, that that was really highly uploaded on the the FDS where a woman was talking about, I have to do so much less now that I don't have a husband. People ask me if my life's hard as a single mom. And for a lot of single moms, it's like, no, I just have one less child I have to care, care for now. 
And that's the scary thing about having a child with a low value or negative value man is that not only is he not a provider, but he is actually taking away from the resources that should be devoted to the child. Yes, right. 100%. He's, he's, he wants, I, I've met so many couples where the man is like weirdly jealous of the attention that the child gets yes. and they yeah. they're they're resentful and like they'll go and cheat on their girlfriend or wife or whatever because like wow like she doesn't pay attention to me anymore all the time is spent on the baby blah 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 i saw something of this guy being like he ate up all the kids fruit snacks <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I don't i don't remember what it was but it was it's stuff like that where they're literally like oh every when my wife goes to the store, she brings back fruit snacks for the kids and then says, I can't eat them. So then he like spitefully eats them all. Yeah. Or just like m- coming in with muddy boots and like making a mess, leaving the towel on the, the wet towels on the bed, like not picking up after himself. He's just making more messes for her to clean up after. He's just another person she has to cook for and feed. Um, I know a lot of single mothers where their workload, the amount of hours they spend per week actually on in the home and working is less when they're single than when they're with their husband. That's chilling. It's chilling, isn't it? But yeah, but, but back to this post about why you should guard your womb is, you know, not only is it physically traumatic to the woman's body, but raising children is expensive and low value men. Yeah. Like they will either, um, you know, leave the mom to do all of the child rearing and also expect her to work a full time job. Um, you know, it, I hate these families where <laughs> they both work, but the woman, but the woman does all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the child rearing, and the man comes home from work and puts himself in front of the TV and does nothing until bedtime. And then when they go to their marital bed, when they go to their marital bed, he has the nerve to turn to her and want sex. And she's like, no, I'm exhausted. And then he has the nerve to like porn star sex. Yeah. Porn quality sex. Yeah. He'll be like, Hey babe, I'm really horny. Can you give me a blowjob? And she's like, not now, honey. I've been like literally working since 6am continuously from getting the kids ready for school and then going to work and then coming back, picking up the kids, cooking, you know, cleaning, doing everything, signing paperwork for their homework or whatever. And then, you know, the guy will have the nerve to then complain about his dead bedroom or whatever. It's like, buddy, if you fucking... (laughs) You just zero effort in being attractive. Yeah. Like, I would hate my husband. If I had a husband like that, I would hate him. I would not touch his dick. Just out of sheer contempt. Like... Like, nobody wants to have sex with their child. It's like being the opposite of a pedophile, right? Like, if a guy is acting, like, immature, childish, blah, 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 it is an actual turnoff for women. We'll just look at that and be like, ew. If I have to care for you like you're an infant... Mm-mm. it's not happening buddy it's so weird because like how our culture romanticizes that because you look at something like homer simpson if you've ever seen like the simpsons and like that's Ugh. the entire stick oh between him and marge right like she does everything for him oh because he's gosh. so helpless right. marge took a massive out and she still loves him and is sexually attracted to him for some reason yeah same thing with family guy and like lois and all that stuff i don't understand how these become like 20 season franchises like uh, but yeah and then the last point with that post that i brought up is that um, in our society, men are not bound to fatherhood in the same way that women are. Like, men can just up and abandon you whenever Mm. he feels like it. And yeah, you can probably get some child support out of him, but if he's unemployed, like, there's really no... There's no gold to dig, let's just say. Um, And then, you know, he could up and abandon you, but as a woman, like, you're expected to care for that child now, regardless of his absence. Um, And if you don't, you're 
branded a terrible mother. Like a guy could go out and could go out fishing or partying with his buddies every weekend. And people don't really judge that as much. But if a woman were to go out partying with her girlfriends, leaving the baby at home with the husband, she would be slandered. Child protective services would be called because she's, you know, neglecting her child or whatever. Um, the, the standards for men and women for childcare is just, is just not the same. And so I've seen so many women, like bright, intelligent, talented women who, you know, hook up with their high school sweetheart and she's about to go off to university or something and he doesn't want to get dumped. And so he quickly gets her pregnant and like her life is effectively ruined, right? And these women, instead of being able to fulfill their dreams and maximize their potential, they're stuck at home, you know, performing domestic servitude for a low-value man. Um, I cannot stress this enough for women, especially young women whose lives are just getting started. Do not let a shitty man impregnate you, okay? It will ruin your life. (laughs) I have two cousins, actually, who both got pregnant while they were still in high school. They both had scholarships, brilliant young women. It's now like, you know, that was 10 years ago that they, they uh, had a kid with their high school sweetheart. He obviously dumped her pretty much as soon as she gave birth. Oh my gosh. And they, and then they're just like a single mother, mother at 17. And it's a weird thing too, cause we don't do shotgun weddings anymore. And I'm not like at all an advocate of that. Yeah. Before they used to like force these guys to try to take responsibility. And now yeah. you get zero yeah. and type involved. I think, I feel like what happens is like they just disappear if they want to disappear. Even that sometimes is actually better than the alternative than you get forced into a marriage with a, with a guy and you end up on that subreddit who we're not going to name uh, just as miserable because he's not going to do any. He's going to be passive aggressive the entire time and want to do zero fatherhood things because he feels like you tricked him and you trapped him, you know? Yeah. The- Oh. Yeah. And, and you know what, those, those, those shotgun weddings, especially if there's like an age gap or like, I've heard of so many cases of young women, you know, they're 16 and then they're dating guys like 22, 23, 24, 25, whatever. Um, you, these shotgun marriages, you're forcing a 16 year old girl to marry a 25 year old guy. A lot of the times it, it, that's essentially a child marriage, um, for her. And those relationships too often become, you know, abusive and, and just, it's like those Bible laws that are like, you know, the marry your rapist laws. Like nobody, nobody fucking needs that. Like, don't be tied. Don't be tied to the guy that fucked you in high school. Okay. And on that note, that's our show. Please make sure to visit our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com as well as our new Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thefemaledatingstrategy. Thank you for listening, Queens. And for all you lurking scrotes out there, uh, die mad. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.